Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How are we doing, fellas? You okay? All Be good. Fit. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, mate. Are you? Everybody yeah. good? Yeah, all well. All well and good. We're all still anchored down under under lockdown on the on the old Zoom for the intros. Yeah. Have you seen the uh, revelations today for the, getting to matches? Yeah, 4,000 apparently. Yeah, 4,000 tier one, 2,000 tier two, no tier three. So it sounds like we're going down south for a game. I must admit, I would feel a little bit guilty taking four tickets off four fans for a team that I didn't support, must admit. No, you're definitely up to summer. But fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. I would feel a bit mad. That's not really on, is it? You know what I mean? I'm a nice Speaking guy, Chris. You know what I mean? I'm a nice guy. They've been long days, haven't they? Long days with this uh, this lockdown, man. Yeah. My young has been running riot. I, I've took one back, one's gone back to school today and I've got a phone call Dinner time. The other one's coming home for two weeks. Oh, shite. Merry Christmas. Pa- pass the bat on. Oh, shite. I sang uh, If I Had a Donkey on repeat for six miles today. <laughs> on what? <laughs> on my six-mile walk, I sang If I Had a Donkey, and he just kept saying, again. I mean, obviously, we all love us kids dearly, but we don't want them at home all the time, do we? Oh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, it, is a, it is a slap, isn't it? Oh. it is hey, there was somewhat of an incident this week at Preston. Was it Preston v Sheffield Wednesday? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Darnell Fisher and Callum Patterson grabbing the old tackle. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I mean, I've done it many a time. Many a, probably, not, probably not quite as gentle and as, yeah. as, as nice a caress as that. Because I think if I'm Callum Patterson, I'm thinking, I don't mind you doing that every corner. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've, I've given it the old... Grabbed it and give it the old... It was if I'm yeah. talking a cow. Tug. Yeah. yeah. I, wonder what, I wonder what he was going It was going more for. of a caress, weren't it? Yeah. It was a nice, it was, it was, it was, yeah, pardon the pun, it was touching, weren't it? You know what I mean? It was, yeah, I think, mate, it could get Bobby, you know. Could be yeah, well, I think. There's an FA probe. <laughs> I, think, I think Patterson's got to come out and help them out, I think. Sexual assault, man. It's sexual assault. <laughs> yeah, so if Patterson uh, comes out and bats for him. Yeah, it's just got to say, look, I just asked him to grab me knob a couple of times. <laughs> I had an itch. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I said to him, I said, go on, grab me knob a couple of times. And it, it all gets blown under, blown under carpet, doesn't it? But yeah, yeah it, it, happens, it happens all the time, man. It, it does. Over the years, imagine how many people are thinking, saying, bloody hell, I'd have, I'd have been done back in the day. Mm, times are changing, though, chaps. Times are changing. I've just said that myself, Chris. I would, I'd, have been, I'd, have been get, yeah. I'd have been getting at least four or five bands a year for that. <laughs> Who was it that said he got his one wood out? 
Was it Dino, wasn't it? Windass. Yeah. Gascoigne got his one more peep. Yeah. I'd see the sexual assault, indecent exposure. Half at Premier League will be inside. <laughs> I know. Luke Steele this yeah. week. Yeah. Man Another... United, Barnsley. Yeah. Best Another... job in the world, this, lads. Just get my mates on to come and talk about their careers with us. <laughs> <laughs> Another goalkeeper, but probably... Probably one of the most sensible goalkeepers we've had, I would say. Yeah, he's got his head screwed on. But I, not so much that, but I mean, a lot of them are fucking bonkers, aren't they? There's some great name dropping. Yeah, oh, there was, there's one story. I don't, is it in the second one or the first one? Is it in this one? The it nightclub one. story it is. The nightclub one. <laughs> <laughs> what a pedantic prick! Well, it could have been any story. Well, name, think you about know that it. story. You know that story. Think about it. You just said name dropping. What's the biggest name he dropped? Yeah, no, it's in this one. It's in right. this one. So it's one of my favourite stories of the whole mm. podcast. This is one of my favourites. This is it really? Yeah. It's only because he made you two croissants on arrival. I know. Oh, but now he's a great guy, isn't he? Great guy. Can we get Steely in then? We, we yeah. shall. Well, we're in his kitchen, so. Yeah. Steel, how are we doing? Good. Good, really Terrible good. timing that, by the way, wasn't it? Just as he takes a mouthful <laughs> of coffee. <laughs> Morning. There seems to be something new every week that he fucks up on, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a little small there. Uh, Just a little bit. <laughs> I'm beginning to think you do it on purpose. Yeah. No, definitely. No. You're right, I'll tell though. you what, the hospitality at Chateau Le Steel has been second to none. Thanks very much. Continental breakfast. He does it properly. I did tell you this, didn't I? Yeah. To be fair, we've turned a full English down and all, didn't we? Gone for a bit of the old foreign muck. Well, lads, you, you've obviously been going a few years now, and I've watched most of them. So, you know, like I said, when you turned up, it was like having famous faces show up. I've got to say, that obviously, you know, you've asked me to come on a few times, but um, I've got a little confession to make just so I want to get off my chest because um, I said I wouldn't do any podcasts. Obviously, you're the main one, blah, blah, blah. But one of the reasons I am doing it is because... Last week, I actually went on another podcast, a different one. Oh, pack oh. up, pack up. And I want to say, I didn't even, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I didn't even look him in the face. Um, I can't believe you've done it. It meant absolutely nothing. <laughs> pack up, get a couple of them croissants. It might fucking feel, off. Yeah, I feel really bad about it. Oh, so, I, hope, I hope she was worth it. No, I, I, feel, I won't I, even I, mention I, the name. Since we start, I think you were... I sent a text out to five people when we first ever started this podcast. It's a dear fancy, and you went, oh, "No, but I'll, I won't go on any more. Yours will be the first one that I come on." <gasps> yeah, it's like a knife. Even a to promise. The even on a promise. I was on a promise. I didn't enjoy it at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> but anybody who does listen to that other podcast, I'm sure it was good. I'm sure it was decent. <laughs> Have you played together? No. Oh no, we did. The international youth teams. Yeah, a few England um, trips we we played together, but not. Not in club football, yeah. So what's Chris the connection? Was six... How come you, you, you know each other so well? And Well, I, I was at Barnsley when Chris was at Doncaster. Oh, so I just looked him in up. In the wine bar scene. Yeah, and we became good, good mates from then. And then he introduced me to John. John Parkin, the only guy I've seen eat a complete Nando's chicken. 
It's really impressive. And, I, and believe it or not, same as that podcast. I don't enjoy it. I don't like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm in. So I've got, to, I've got to finish it off. You know what I mean? Sorry, John Parkin and Darren Moore. The only two to complete full chicken. Um, two big the old works. units there, by yeah, the way. And I reckon Moore could have gone again. Yeah. Like 100%. Well, this for breakfast, so that was really weird. Well, yeah, we lived in Leeds, didn't we? Yeah, city centre of Leeds. Had a great time. But every weekend, obviously, he was at Donny and I was at Barnsley. We used to get to get home on a Saturday and one of us would send a text saying, oh, we're just going to stay in tonight. And then it would be, oh, do you fancy food? I said, yeah, go on then, we'll have food at the living room and, you know, we'd have a pint with the tops. And then, you know, it might be 3, 4 a.m., but two great seasons, I think. I think we had the great escape that year and you guys got promotion to the championship. So, you know, it kind of... It kind of worked. We had a good system going. So you started at Peterborough? Yeah, started here in Peterborough. Um, started at the academy. Had a year of Sunday League football and then um, was straight into the academy from the age of like nine to Were you 17. a Peterborough fan and local lad? Did you go to the games? Yeah, I mean, I went to all the games. I was ball boy um, behind the goals. Did all the little jobs. Um, did all of that, really. Went through all the academy. I mean, we had... To be honest, we had one of the best academies. I see, still say it now because I've been at so many clubs, but we had one of the best-run academies in the country at that time. I'd say it was in the top 10, even though we were League 1, League 2. It was phenomenal. And they churned out players year after year. thing is now, they've, they've kicked on again in terms of the recruiting from lower leagues. Yeah, it's a little an bit different. They've an absolute fortune on yeah. transfer fees, haven't they? Yeah. But is it still in Fry? Yeah. Barry tried to sign me a few weeks ago. Did <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he? Twice. <laughs> I, I'm, doing, I'm doing the podcast in a couple of weeks. I'll get back to you after that, Barry. <laughs> Barry tried to sign me um, in August and it just wasn't right. Um, you know, I wanted to go and play and I weren't sure if I was going to play. But, the, you know, with the financial um, rules at the moment, they couldn't really give me any money at all. And then they, they, they signed somebody. Um, yeah, so it's not quite worked out. But I was just saying before this, you know, my not my dream but my kind of heart and my soul at the moment is saying that I want to play for for Peterborough so I want to make that happen but you know obviously timing is is what it's all about so if I can somehow do that then that'd be great but if not then you know it might have to be it little player goalkeeper coaching role or no he mentioned that yeah <laughs> yeah he mentioned that as like doing the youth team or doing one of the younger ages but it's just not for me John I just coaching. no coaching is not for me um, not even goalkeeper coaching. No, it's different. It's totally different to actual coaching, really, isn't it? Yeah, you know what? Definitely not goalkeeper coaching. I don't enjoy. I enjoy doing the the training, but coaching goalkeepers is is just something I've never ever wanted to do. And I've dabbled, like done little bits and bobs, and helped out, and you know. But just, I think, I think I'm at a stage where I've had so much of it from the age of eight and nine. Every day, like it's like live and breathe it. I've just got to a stage where I still like football, I do enjoy it, but goalkeeping, I think I've just, you know, I've, worn, I've exhausted myself out for a bit. Yeah. Whether that's the end you're or not. Con- you get, get yourself a contract at this rate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Steal it, it's Barry. Fuck that contract, I'll have fucking no chance. I know, I know. I haven't put the gloves on for three months now, since the last day at Millwall. So... <clears throat> You know, I'm, I'm trying to become a striker slash midfielder. <laughs> um, but no, Peterborough had one of the best academies ever and I learned everything there. No, we, we're not flipping over that. You, you have actually signed for a Sunday League team, haven't you? 
Playing up front. Yeah, I have actually. <laughs> playing up front? Uh, yeah, I, um, I've played the last six games. So my electrician was round and he just caught me in a good mood. Um, asked me... <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell it any more honest than that. Caught me in a good mood and said, look, do you fancy playing for us on Sunday, Sunday league side? And he was doing a great job, to be fair. Yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> Just about these spotlights. Doing yeah. He'd done some really good work, Jack. And, um, <laughs> you know, I said yes. Next thing I know, I'm signing on online with the manager he's called the manager was really good giving me a lot of like praise and built me up on the phone <laughs> and I was obviously he, mentioned that I weren't going to play in goal I'm going to say I'm just about to say does the electrician know that you're not wanting to play in goal yeah I told him that I told him that and uh, they give me the number nine shirt which is so big for me so <laughs> take this in the nicest possible way but they must have been desperate for to send the electrician round to just ask if you fancy a game on Sunday only if I can play up front well, I don't know. I think they expected me to be half decent, but, you know, I <laughs> cool. said yes. And I've, I'm absolutely addicted, lads. I'm absolutely addicted. To playing up front? Yeah. I'm playing like up front, just behind the striker. And the first game <laughs> I played... Floating roll. Uh, Silver. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you lot are taking this seriously. <laughs> <laughs> first game I played, we won 4-1 and I didn't score. And that was me. I was addicted. I was stiff as a board for three, four days. Couldn't believe how hard it was facing the wrong way. It's, it's so difficult. People. It's so difficult. I can't believe I've screamed. I'm so sorry for screaming <laughs> at all those strikers and people. It's so difficult. Hardest position on the pitch, playing up front. You're you always facing the right. And then the second game, I got a goal. We won four one again, and I've scored ever since. And I've got, I've got five on Sunday. So <laughs> I'm, I've got nine and six. Yeah, top goal scorer in the league, and we've just gone top. <laughs> I've been on YouTube, I'm doing drills in the garden. Yeah. Celebrations? We... No, I don't really celebrate. I'm so knackered by the time I've scored. <laughs> Honestly. Um I'm just like finger up and run back. Another one. Another one yeah. on the tally. Yeah, but I... since then I've actually been, you know, um asked to play a little bit higher. So <laughs> it's kind of weird because the second coming. Yeah, I've been asked to play like you know, a few leagues higher, so I don't know what I'm going to do at the moment. So, have they put the seven days in for you? Y- yeah, because you can sign like pretty quickly, can't you? So, <laughs> so who would you describe yourself as? Who do you model yourself as? Probably Lewandowski. Yeah, <laughs> I see yeah. that. Yeah, good with your feet, but also a threat in the box. Well, I wouldn't say I'm great with my feet, to be honest, Chris. <laughs> well, I've scored six headers out of nine goals, so yeah. But it's it's difficult, you know. But I'm giving everything. I'm literally coming <laughs> off that pitch. I mean, they they the thing is, the lads who I play with. I mean, they didn't tell me they weren't a great Sunday league side. I thought everybody won ten nil, but they probably, you know, I'm not screaming and shouting. I'm not like getting into people. But I'm giving a hundred percent. And now I'm looking at the league tower. I'm fully addicted. So I'm like, I want to know who's top goal scorer. I want to know who's top of the league. And we've just gone top on goal difference. But um, yeah, fully addicted. And this is what I mean about football. I'm not addicted to goalkeeping at the moment at all but I'm still I'm feeling the love for football and at the moment I'm getting it through playing Sunday League Bear Power League mind, on a Tuesday you were a championship goalkeeper six months ago hmm. and now you've got how many goals? nine, nine. nine. have you mentioned this to Barry? Right. no I think they're set for strikers and they only sign younger <laughs> players so I think they're looking for a resell there's no money in him there's no money in him yeah I don't think the value's there but I'm telling you this could be a strong four years of playing up front. I wonder if we could get a video afterwards in the garden, just 
get the, <laughs> the, the, the tri- shirt on. Virtual trial. I've got the shirt in here, actually. Yeah. I forgot to give it back. <laughs> subs? Do you have to pay your subs? Yeah, fiver. Which is hard to take sometimes, but... What do yeah. you get out of that? Is there a trip at the end of the season? <laughs> no, you just there's get... There's running costs, isn't there? Yeah. Mm. To be fair, when there's dog shit on the floor... The manager comes on and picks it up, so I'm presuming that's his fee. Yeah. Things like that. <laughs> yeah. It's class. Honestly, grassroots football. Do they need another striker? Well, we're always looking for players. <laughs> I think, I think we play well. Get your five. You play behind me. Yeah. Be a threat. So, can you appreciate now what a tough role it is up from? Yeah, massively. Like I said, it's, it's blown my mind how hard it is. Physically, it's difficult, but just facing the wrong way. And were you one of them getting the old, <coughs> fucking get old? Yeah, just shoot. Just get hold of it. It's, there's four of them. It's, you're up against four players. It's mental. <laughs> there's four of them. It's four of them, and I'm on my own. It's crazy. Give Ronaldo more money. That's what I'm saying. After, after seeing this, give all the players, strikers especially, more money. Because it's so much harder than it looks. Do you, what's your tackling like? Are you a Don't tackle often, no. So Don't you're a bit tackle. of a maverick? I'm, I'm all about aerial play. Honestly, my heading's a joke, to be honest. It's an absolute <laughs> joke. It's one of the best I've ever seen. <laughs> At that level. Well, any any yeah, level. <laughs> any level. Have you seen any tackles where you think, oh no, I think this might be my last game. I, I'm not getting one of them. Well, I try and, try and avoid it, but you see some mad... F- I mean, there's been four or five half fights so far in the six games. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. There's no cameras... There's no one else watching. Poor lad. He's usually called Dave, referee. <laughs> I think they're all called Dave. All the referees are called Dave in that league. But, you know, squaring up, the language. It's mental. They're half cut from the night before. Some of them, obviously, turning up. But that's fine. Like, I love all that. Your dad not come up? He came to the first game. He's not been since. Any feedback? Um, what are you doing, he said. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like he, could, he couldn't believe it, mate. He couldn't believe it. He, I knew he'd talk me out of it, so I told him on the morning. I said, do you fancy going to a game? He's like, yeah, boys up for a game. I said, oh, I'm playing in it. I told him this on the way, and then he returned up. And, you know, my dad's been lucky enough to watch me all over Europe, played in some great stadiums, and, you know, this was next to a park. Um, and like I said, a few, few months after, you know, being involved in a championship game. But, yeah, I, I think he hated every minute of it because the, <laughs> the centre-half for us cut his head open and was pouring with blood and he just looked at me as if to say, this could be you, but this is where I am in my life. No one's going to convince me not to play. <laughs> so if Barry wants to sign you, like it's, you, you, you'll say you play on a Saturday for Peterborough, but you're playing Sunday up front for your, your local team. Well, yeah, it, yeah, if I sign anywhere, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to say that I don't do Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> now so you know that's just a rule that's, that's going to happen because I can't let him down now especially now we're top of the league after yeah, six games now, yeah you need to see it through talking to Peterborough and that selling on business model did you see yourself in that role that you were there to be sold on not really no I didn't even didn't even think about it obviously I was just loving you know going through the stages making each year getting better and better and then obviously got a scholarship and that one, my first year was just a complete whirlwind. You know, I was playing under 19 football, you know, and, and that was all right for me. Playing the odd reserve game, but weren't always playing in, in the reserves. And you don't really think about being sold. In my head, I always thought I'll be sold at 23, 24. I'll go to Man U. That was yeah, what I that always was, used to, that yeah. That was the plan. That was the plan. I used to tell my friend Luke, um, he'd go to Newcastle, I'd go to Man U. And um, 
then it happened really quickly after a youth cup game um, so you played you played two games for Peterborough yeah but at the end of the season which is you know that was a that was really young so I weren't even physically I'm still not physically developed at 36 <laughs> but like you know I wasn't big I wasn't like you know big for my age or anything like that but that was basically to get the price up so by that yeah. time I'd already been to Charlton Man U um, Tottenham and Arsenal I went I nearly went to Arsenal like the they they try to like sell me to the highest bidder basically. Yeah. But it was weird being in that position because then I went on loan to Man U for a year, which is really strange. But I got to United that um, on loan and they just realised that Barry, who's very very clever, Barry Fry was, you know, he gets some sticks sometimes, but he knows the game and what he'd done it he'd he'd said to me, look, congratulations, you're going to get a pro contract. So on my seventeenth birthday. I went and signed at London Road. You know, such a proud day for me. So when I went to Man U the week after, I think it was, they were like, oh, you signed pro? And we're like, yeah. They're like, right, now we need to buy you. So rather than compensation, but Barry was the king of that. Oh, Still is. He's a wheeler in dealer, isn't he? Yeah. Sneaky, But obviously sneaky he didn't buyer. make a big thing of it before. Got me to sign, signed a four-year deal on £100 a week, rising to 150 um, at 17 and I was like brilliant great it's my dream come true be a professional footballer at my local club but then man you were like ah oh, okay now we need to could you have been better though if that move to United hadn't come off no you don't you don't really think like that I, I weren't really but I mean sitting back now if Man United hadn't bought you and Barry Fry had given you that contract knowing that the reason that he's done it is so that he can get some money mm. on Man United and then they hadn't they, they would have taken a chance on a free but I hadn't gone for buying. It would have been a free compensation. Yeah, but yeah. even yeah. then, though, I say 200 grand compensation or what, what was the transfer fee? Well, it was half a million to begin with, yeah. So they might have said, we're willing to pay 150 grand compensation, but we're not willing to pay it's too much, 500 grand. Yeah, but I, I weren't really thinking about that. But when you, when you ask me now, yeah, I probably would have been because I didn't realise that. My mum and dad didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. And it could have stopped it, but he obviously took a chance. It was a gamble. That's what Barry does, he's gambled. So then he sent me to Manchester for the month and said, go on, enjoy it, um, you know, go and do well. And luckily it went well and, you know, I signed. But obviously then he, at the end of the season, my debut actually was, was that, that season. It was crazy because I was getting ready to play a 19s game. And uh, this is the genius of Barry Fry. I was getting to play an under-19s game. I was in my dig, 16 lads living together. Um, and there was a knock on the dig's door. And uh, it was the first team bus, and they were like, and someone got off. One of the players got off and said, "Steely, you with us today? You with the first team? Wait, Reading." I was like, "What are you on about?" And I was seventeen. He was like, "Yeah, no one tell." And then we got on the bus. Barry was like, "Ah, oh, no one tell you. You with the first? You playing in the first team today?" I was like, "He was like, he was in the back of the paper." I said, "Well, no one told me." And they said, that was my debut. And I got on the bus. We went to Reading, and he said, "Oh, don't worry. I've told your mum and dad. They're they're already come to the game. Your granddad." So I, I still, to this day, I don't know if that was him... Psychological. Uh, making, yeah, psychologically. Preface, so you're mm. Yeah, now. exactly. But I was shitting myself more than ever. More than ever. But yeah, I went there, played really well. It, you know, it was full stadium. Redden needed to get promoted. Uh, win to get promoted. 17 years of age, thinking I was playing in the under-19s. Played in the first team. We drew two all, I think it was. Um, it won the best days of my life. And then he played me again the next week, beat Berry. And that's why he could sell me for, you know, half a million rising to, I don't know, two, two million. But all these little things he was very, very clever at. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, was he Barry Fry? He, he was brilliant. His, his lad played in my team as well, Adam who became a professional but didn't quite um, go on. But Barry was brilliant. Uh, like, tactically, uh, useless. Like, <laughs> you know, I think back now, and I never heard him really come up with anything tactically that made sense. But you didn't need to. He was very much old school. And, like, you know, he'd walk around the training ground with his top off if it was sunny, smoking oh, no. cigars. Um, but he'd have that little comment, that little word in your ear that would make you feel great. A bit like how he hear the stories of like Clough and yeah. managers like that, very much like Martin O'Neill. But he was brilliant. And then obviously he went on to be technical director and he's still there now. Um, what, what was his chassis like with his hairy, I'm guessing? Derby over his shorts. Yeah, but he was, he was never as fat as I thought. And he was <laughs> like sense. going grey, but always like, a, he's like a sexy beast. You know, you've seen that film <laughs> Sexy Beast. <laughs> Like really tan. That is one thing. Tan. That, that is one thing that I would not uh, never never associate Barry Fry with being a sexy beast. <laughs> Even in January, he had like a golden glow. Yeah. <laughs> All year on, round, you know, tan. One of them sunbeds that you used to wheel into your bedroom and it used to be on your bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a tanner, he, yeah. isn't he? He definitely yeah. had an illegal sunbed at home. <laughs> but he loves it. He loves it. He lives and breathes Medallion? it. Yeah, some yeah. sort of chain. Crucifix. Yeah, I don't know if he getting into details now but yeah <laughs> he, he was brilliant he, he um, like I said in Peterborough it's weird because outside of Peterborough in the football game he gets all the plaudits and stuff and, and he, he does deserve it but here he's you know he's split opinions because he you know apparently he sells the players and you don't know what he does but that's his job he invented the job he was the first yeah. one really I think to be a sporting director like Cluffy you know he hated agents yeah I hate him. I hate my agent. <laughs> I've been with him since I was 15. No wonder you've only got a route to, route to Sunday League. Yeah. <laughs> I've been with the same agent now and he won't watch this, so I don't really he's care. He's not an electrician. He, he's not bothered. Yeah, he won't watch this. Or, but I, I don't like him. <laughs> he's, he's not even the best. I, I've got, I got too much heart. I can't get rid of him. I never will. I think he's actually trying to get rid of me since he, because I told him about the Sunday League thing. I think my agent's trying to get rid of me at the moment, secretly. Like, you know, like, you know, when you come to the end, you've got to have a, you've got a part. You can't have an agent forever. But I think at the moment, he's kind of merging me out. But I'm going (laughs) to, just just because I'm stubborn, I'm going to keep him as my agent (laughs) for as long as possible. Even even though, even when I'm not playing for someone, I'm going to keep asking for just little bits and bobs. So <laughs> I want him to hate me. And then, then in, until he sacks me, I'm never going to sack him. He, that, I knew I'd lost him when he, he didn't talk me out of playing Sunday League. So, you know, who cares? So how, how was it, that, that 18-year-old getting out of Old Trafford? The loan move was, was carnage because I think they were kind of having a look at me because they knew that Barry wanted top dollar for just a kid who'd done nothing. So I started playing in the youth team. 
started training with them. And then when I kind of, I, I knew what they were doing early on, they kind of said, yeah, he's all right, 17s. Then they put me in the 19s. And I thought, yeah, you know, I can play in 19s football. And then reserves, I played a reserve game against Oldham. Um, at Bury, at Gig Lane. Yeah, one of them. And then all of a sudden I was training with the first team. Like this is while I was on, on loan. So it wasn't like until years, a few years later, I was 17 and, you know, I was training with all the, the first team, the goalie coach, Tony Coton at the time. It was madness, absolute madness. I, I, I was like being in a different body, you know, a different mind because I was a Man U fan. So, and who's number one then, Bartes? Uh, Bartes was number one, yeah. World Cup winner. He didn't like me though, Bartes, I'm pretty sure. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just... I think I was serving to him on the first few days I was there, shitting myself. Like, you know, I'm trying to kick the ball straight and he didn't speak English. I just could just tell he didn't like me. Plus, <laughs> plus I caught him smoking oh. on, on my loan. On my loan. I remember ca ca catching him smoking. Did you grass him off? He, he was naked around the back of the saunas with a kit man and he was having a smoke. That's how weird it was. Naked? Like, yeah, Outside? He was, well, he was half naked. And he was smoking because everyone knew Bartes smoked. Like it's not like a um, secret. But then at the time they didn't, or especially fans and that. But obviously I had, I was a fan. I was a massive fan of Bartes, and I was like week two or week three of this loan move. You know, I remember just trying to find my kit because I didn't have kit. One day went into the kit room and near the saunas and stuff, and he was having a fag. I was like, wow, I've got to start smoking. <laughs> <laughs> But You're not giving him a bollocking? Come on, mate. They were just a weird... <laughs> you know, yeah. Come on. You're my keeper. Come on. You know what I mean? It's not good enough, Fabian. They were just the weird things that happened for a, a solid month, just to name a few. And then I thought I did all right. I thought, you know, played all right. That was November time or something like that. I can't remember. But I didn't sign until the summer. So, you know, they offered the money that Barry wanted. But in the meantime, they wanted to sell me to Charlton. I went to Charlton for a week trained with them that was ma madness because again they actually wanted to have a proper look here and you know when when you go on trial it's like oh you think you're just going to train with the team they'll make a decision but at Charlton one day I got called out with Kerbishley and Mervyn Day he's the goalie coach and he, he was obviously the first team manager and the goalie coach and they had a solid hour just shooting at me so the manager of a Premier League club and the goalie coach that's you know that's a proper look you know, and again, I'm 17, coming from a youth team. I'm, I'm there, and they had a proper hour just shooting. Like, proper, they, like were they doing ones. the shooting? They were doing the shooting. I bet, they, I bet you were So there was no one else. I was absolutely knackered. But, like, they, you know, they were... Kerbishly, I never knew he could even play or anything. He was shooting at me. One-on-ones. <laughs> so he was sliding Mervyn Day through on goal. <laughs> yeah. Like a drill. No one watching. Everyone had gone home. In, in my mind, as well, he's fully suited. In his, yeah. his slip-box. And if they scored, would they, like, celebrate? Or? <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah. And then this, this is what I mean. They knew that they'd have to pay a lot of money. So, you know, they wanted to have a proper look. Didn't, I don't mind it. Another yeah. weird so were, one. were you star, a bit starstruck in that United dressing room? Yeah, yeah massively. Like, massively. The Hollywood Boulevard of... It is pretty much like at that time. winning the lottery, isn't it? Yeah. Like you support Man U, who were the biggest team in the world at then, and you, and you are there on trial. Yeah, and they're thinking about signing you. Yeah, I mean, you hear people say, "I'll oh, just relax, pretend they're like you know normal people, and just play your game." But it's not like that. You're constantly aware of who's around you. You know, all these people that I've had posters of, you know, intimidating players like Varon, someone like that. He was really. I don't know, he felt like it was a, he was such a superstar. 
you know, someone like that. And I didn't know how to, I, didn't, I mean, I didn't approach them ever. I didn't ask them questions until they asked me stuff. But the weirdest thing actually was playing in the small side of games and having to communicate because I didn't know whether to call Giggsy, Giggsy, Ryan, Mr. Giggs, legend, <laughs> Skullsy was, a, I was shouting Paul. I was like, Paul, you know, like, I didn't, I, I didn't want to say Skullsy, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I haven't got, I didn't have a clue. Did you not see what everybody else were calling him first and then maybe take it from there? I don't know. Just, it was just, it was just so surreal that I couldn't get to grips with it. And I didn't even know if I'd done well, balls were just hitting me, um, you know. And, and it was actually them, I found out, it was a lot of the main players, like the English main players, who said, you know, he's, he's, he's top dollar signing. <laughs> that, and, that, that's, and the Giggsy and that told me that uh, a couple of years after. They said, you know, that month you had, you, uh, you were on fire. Skulls, Buck, Gary Neville and Giggsy. I remember on a Christmas do, they told me, and they were like, that month you were, you were obviously flying and things like that so obviously I must have done alright it's a good job Barry didn't find out he'd have wanted fucking 750 off from yeah. yeah was uh, was Veron that way intentionally or was it just the fact that he was as you said this worldwide superstar really yeah it's just some players that kind of have that effect on you obviously Beckham and people like that were but I, I always remember Veron being very intimidating and you know his bold head he'd been at Lazio he was just a superstar you know he wore I remember him chipping me from like my own byline, if you know what I mean. He curled one in, yeah, and like that'd happen regularly. Do you know what I mean? I'd be <laughs> letting goals in from angles. I just I don't know why Veron sticks out in my head, but he did. All the main ones, of course, but it, it was it was so strange, and I couldn't get to grips with it at all. And I didn't for the the first couple of years. I didn't. I, I think my dream idea of going at 22, 23 would have been much better. Yeah. I think they took me <laughs> yeah. too early. I think yeah, they need... Gone. Just yeah. hold, on for, hold on for five years, Barry. Yeah, but you can't you can't say no to that, and off I went. I was going to say, do you know, because, man, you were renowned for not really paying a lot to young players. Financially for you, without going into too much detail, was it the best option for you? Um, I, never had, I never had offers from the other clubs, but... I always thought it was good money, but hearing about what the players are on or were on, like people like David Bentley, who was always way with us of England, and I don't think um, they paid huge money, but you know, it was it was money. phenomenal. I mean, yeah. I remember, I remember coming back from signing for Man U, right, and me and my dad were in the car, and I said, "Oh, can you stop at the ATM?" And they'd already paid me. I can't remember if it was the end of the month, but they give me a signing on fee. I mean, I'll tell you, I'm not, it's not like, but they give me 80,000 sign-on fee and I was 17, this is like 2002. And that wasn't in the bank, but I remember my first month's wages were in. And I won't say how much I was on, but like my dad knew and I started talking to my dad about it. And I checked, that's it, I checked my bank and there was a few, you know, quite a bit of money that I've never seen before. And I was like, I didn't even think about this side of the game. Didn't even, you know, the, the, the deal was done with my mum, my dad, my agent and Ferguson which is class, by the way, because that doesn't happen. You know, the sporting directors do, do it all yeah, now, yeah. but he did everything. He wrote down the numbers on a bit of paper. I was just getting a medical in the other rooms and things like that. He said to my mum and dad, who he called by their first name, which was pure class, you know, for my dad to be a Man U fan, and dad's from Manchester. And he'd go, hello, Gordon. Like, hello, Val, you're right. He'd make the coffee. Little things like that, which would blow my dad's mind. Yeah. And, you know, we'd get in the car. My mum would be like, your dad is a Cheshire cat. It's like, you know, he's, he remembered his name from the first time. 
He's making his mum a little wink across the table. <laughs> well, he had a bit, you know. Um, <laughs> just slid his number across the table. <laughs> yeah, you know, Mr. Steele. There's the contract. <laughs> and there's the number one for you, one for me. <laughs> oh, that, that, is a good, that is a good contract. <laughs> no, no, that's my phone number. <laughs> so it's on 206197 a week. No, that's my, that's my number, that far. Can't believe you remember my mum's name. I told you once. <laughs> um, yeah, all these little things. He was a genius, absolutely I could see it straight away. My dad could see it. it. All these things were great. And then, you know, they negotiate the contract, said, look, I think Luke should sign a four-year deal. Not too long, not too, you know, four-year deal. This is what I think he should be on. Wrote it down on a bit of paper to my mum and dad. Bear in mind, when I got in the car with my dad on the way back, um, this time after being paid, he said to me, you know, you, you know, I said, like, the money, I didn't even think about it. He was like, you know, it's, it's phenomenal, you know, for a 17-year-old. Blah, blah. He says, you know, I've never been on that money before. Like and that that I couldn't believe it, like because it's not like thousands and thousands of what we, what you hear about. But my dad said that to me near Peterborough Services. It was, and I remember just thinking, I felt guilty, you know, really guilty. I was seventeen. My dad had like worked all these years, and I felt really guilty that like he, he said, but he said it to me like in a really nice way, and he said, "Look, that's your money." And I, and and I replied with, "Do you want some? Like, do you want me to pay you some?" Like, shall I give you the this or shall I give... And he laughed and he was like, mate, that is your money. Don't you ever give that away. Like, you know, you've deserved it. You've earned it. And I remember thinking, wow, like, you know, it's not about that. And I, and I just wanted to give him everything there and then yeah. because obviously all the things that he'd done for me and helped yeah. me, like the hours he put in the garden and take him here and there and everywhere. And it was, it was, it was just a crazy year, crazy few months. Did I you thought. ever say about, like, did you ever ask him, like, obviously Sir Alex has put, the contract with the figures. Did he ever say to him, just a little bit more, Sir Alex? You know what I mean? Did he have that conversation? Or would it basically just, that's it? Who, my dad? Your old man. No. Nah. Your old man said, come on, you can put another. <laughs> but your agent was there, wasn't he? So you, yeah, my agent the was there. The same one? Yeah. Same shit one. The same now. one. <laughs> the same wanker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. But, but that was all in front of my mum and dad. Right. So it was a personal thing. That's how he did business. And that, that was brilliant because... <clears throat> whether it was his way of getting me cheaper or not, but like, you know, he involved my mum and dad. Mm. I was too young in his eyes to even hear those conversations. And I remember my mum and dad saying that he was, he was addressing my mum and dad, not my agent. It was more like, look, this is what I think Lou should be on, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, ah, fucking him off. Yeah. This could bring you out in a sweat, but I know you used to be shit scared of Roy Keane. It's hot in here, isn't it? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm scared of him now, but I am like... I'd have to say that he's one of the most influential people I've been around ever. You know, when I was at United, he, you don't really know until you're around him in training and things like that. But this actually sticks out in my mind because when I was number three, there was me, Tim Howard and Van der Sar and uh, Tony Coat, the goalie coach. When we went over to do the games, he said to me one day, he said, have you ever noticed you're always on Roy Keane's side? And I was like, oh, not really. Like, I didn't really... He says, yeah, because the other two are shit scared, so they always choose the other team. Van der Sar, Tim Howard. And it's true. You don't want to be on his side. You'd rather be playing against him because you know you're not going to get a bollocking from him. So it was me getting bollockings all over like every time I played. But, you know, big grown international yeah. champion league, Champions League yeah, extra, winners like, were like that. Fully established goalkeepers, both of them, aren't they? Yeah, no, like, but he had that effect on people. And I was in the canteen one day and... Uh, there was a there was a woman who worked for the kitchens, and he asked the he asked the woman. This is just an example to sum him up. I don't know why this sticks out in my head, but he was like, "Oh, have we got any butter?" 
And she was like, oh no, we've just ran out, but I've, I've ordered some today. Well, Roy's, Roy's response was, what do you mean you've ran out today? Or you've ordered it today? She was like, well, we've ran out, so don't worry, Roy, I've, I've ordered it. But he could, uh, then he proceeded to go off on one and he couldn't understand why she hadn't anticipated that they're running out of butter <laughs> a week ago and already ordered it. So then when you run out, it was there. And I'm listening. There was only us three in, in the canteen. I'm listening and he's going off on one. Like that high pitch. Not swearing, not swearing at all. But he was like intimidating those eyes, that high pitch cork accent, which haunts me now. <laughs> but I'm telling you, so the, the poor girl's in tears. She's crying her eyes out. But he couldn't believe that she hadn't anticipated the butter running out. Was and she that crying sounds, in front of him? Like, yeah. She was like, and then she'd gone like back around the kitchen and, you know, that was just him. He wanted the best of the club and little things like that. It was, it was very much, you know, that's a tiny situation, but that's how he was. That's how he is. That's the kind of person he is. Not, but, even the, not even the bit around the top of the butter with the toasting where you can just scrape, <laughs> just scrape it off and make do. You've always got one left in the tank, haven't <laughs> you? Put The amount of times I was reading the paper in the morning, because you got like two or three papers around, I was reading the paper and Roy Keane would come over and I just started reading and he's going, oh, you're reading that? And I'd, I'd be like, oh, yeah. So, and, then I'd, and then I'd feel him, I'd feel his presence around me and I'd read it for about 20 seconds and go, yeah, I'll finish with that. You <laughs> <laughs> shit out stuff like that and I'm sorry, but that's how it was. And anybody who says that they weren't like that, especially younger lads, you know I'm reading it, Roy. You can see I'm reading yeah. it. I've got it open in front yeah. of my eyes. I'm reading it, Roy. And I'd hang on. I'd be going, don't drop it, don't drop it. Read, return <laughs> a page. It. Yeah, I'm done with it. And, that, and then I'd be like, yeah, because I'd be like, oh, thank God. He's not on me. On the, uh, another one about him, though. I went back to Sunderland probably two years ago. And I was speaking to the woman. There's always a woman in the players' lounge that does the drinks, does the food and all that. And I just said, who's, who's been your favourite manager? He said, without a shadow of a doubt, Roy Keane. Every home game... He used to come up, like everyone had gone, and he used to come up and see her and say, how, how was it? And he'd give her, give her a bit of pocket money to go away with. She said, I'll never... Oh, well, he bought her then, didn't he? No wonder he's, no wonder he's a favourite manager. He bought her, didn't he? Yeah, but he, he didn't have to do that, did he? Not many managers would, would go out the way and just go and have a bit of chat with the, the tea lady in the, in the players' lounge. And he, yeah. every week he'd give her some money. Did you see Roy Keane taking on that personal, personable <laughs> side? Maybe, yeah. From, Maybe, yeah. from Sir Alex. That's the only, to be honest, that's the only example that I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> We've got loads of other stories about him making people cry, but it were nice to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He always had butter in the canteen. <laughs> at, at Forest last year, he, he came as coach and he was never comfortable. I don't know what was up, but he, he was never comfortable there. And um, one day he came out and said, got all the players in, Martin O'Neill was over the other side. And he was saying to the lads, right, yesterday we did a game and the losers had to do 20 push-ups. He says, like, did everyone do the push-ups? And like, everyone was like, yeah, the young goalie was saying to me, Roy's just bollocked me for not doing my press-ups. And I said, I'm sure I did them. And like, he'd got the footage from the, because training was filmed, he'd got the footage and counted the press-ups. So like, he had a list in his hand. So I was thinking, shit, I lost here. But you know, sometimes you can miscount, sometimes you can, whatever. So steal 20 I was like thank god for that <laughs> started reading reading out players and he got to the goalie who'd just been nearly crying to me saying Keno's just bollocked me and he was like Jake 12 and I was like 
Flipping hell, mate. You're, you're not even close. <laughs> Give yourself a chance. Yeah, he's got to a player called Pele, and he said Pele four, and like he's gone off on one. Do you know what I mean? But to him, he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe the lads hadn't done the press ups, and he'd got the footage on CCTV, zoomed in, saw everybody do him, count him, got somebody to count him. But that was the kind of like Is that petty? intense. Yeah, the- that's the intense stuff that he was always. He was always after. He couldn't believe that people hadn't done him. But <laughs> see, I, I couldn't do. Tw- I can't do. I can't do twenty press ups. So I'd have, I'd have got dug out. Four sets of five. Yeah, on my knees though. <laughs> <laughs> on my knees. The, 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 no, I couldn't do twenty press ups ever. So after your year out, obviously you're playing under 19s reserve football. Did you get the opportunity then to play first, first team football at Coventry? Yeah, it was it was weird because I had a full year out. Um, weren't even sure I could go on and keep playing. There was a doctor in Sheffield who said to me, you know, it probably isn't going to fix right and it's not going to, um, it's probably not going to do you any favours body-wise if, if you want to go on and, you know, be a professional for lots of years. But I got back from it, which was hard, hard work, hardest work. I was in a body cast from here all the way down. My hips were locked, so I was completely uh, straight up for three months. So, like, I had a clip here that I could loosen but for three months, I was completely like that. I used to eat dinner on my knees. I used to do my schoolwork because we were at college, like on and off, but on my knees, wouldn't sit in a chair. And like after training, like, I was in all summer. I think Solskjaer was injured at the time as well. And he was in there. What a legend, absolute legend. Yeah. yeah. One of the nicest guys I've ever met. He, he, he made me feel like I was the guy who scored the Champions League winning goal. And he was a youth team player, reserve, reserve player. But he spent a lot of time with me in, in the gym, in and around the place. Wasn't loud or eccentric, but like was was just class. You know, another one who was just class. He was pleased to be there, and he was injured. He had bad knee injury, and he got back. You know, but um, that that was a tough time coming back from injury. But you know, with the gaffer and the way he spoke to me, I got back, and um, out of nowhere, I got a call from Tony Cote and the Goldie coach, and said, "Look, Peter Reid, the manager of Coventry in the Championship, wants you." this weekend it's this has happened a year earlier than we thought but you're going to go on loan so I was like right okay I knew that that was the next step you know playing first team football if I could and I was on the bench the first game and then I got in the team and then played virtually the whole season which is class because I was 19 20 I managed to stay in for I think it was 36 games barring a few injuries had a really good time loved it Peter Reid was absolutely class and and it was one of the it was it was a turning point for me where I thought flipping egg like I can play because I didn't think I could play first team football. Yeah, I really like you know, I weren't I weren't confident, John. I w- wasn't confident, and we won the youth cup. We, but there was something in me was just like, well, you know, I can't get in a team and play every week. I don't, I, I just didn't have that belief. I knew I was talented, but I didn't think I'd you know get in a first team and start playing, especially at like late teens, early twenties. I thought it'd be a long, long lot longer. But um, went there, yeah, and just realised, oh, I can do it. And that's how I've done everything in my career. I've had to show myself that I can do it. I've not gone, I can do that. That bollocks when people say, oh, yeah, just be confident, just to believe you can do it. I never believed I could do it. And then I did it and then realised I could do it. That's the way I've always worked. And then, I mean, Michael Dubry said that, I'm the best defender at this club. And I'm the best defender at this club. Believed it as a young lad getting into the Chelsea squad. I'm the best there is here and well, I play up to it that's rare the the common one is is what yeah what you you think you've got, you doubt, you've got that doubt of am I, am I good enough am I going to make that step up yeah. and it takes something to happen like going to Coventry and playing that you think oh me yeah I can, I can do, do it. it well that uh, well, that a baptism of fire then going from 
obviously the superstars and I imagine getting your ass wiped at Man U and you're in a, a proper man's dressing room then at yeah. Coventry. Not that the superstars aren't proper men, but I'm, there's, there's different levels, isn't there? Yeah. I'm sure there's times when lads have turned up pissed at Coventry. They've had a night out. They've had an all-day Sunday. Yeah. I can't imagine Giggs is coming in twatted on a Monday morning. None of that. Yeah, none of that. Yeah, it was, when, a, a, it was easier for me, John, because I was like fitting into that. I felt like I was a bit more comfortable. I made friends and, you know, I didn't have this ego of, oh, I'm coming from Man U, which I think, because I'd been at Peterborough so long, I didn't have that ego. I didn't go in with confidence. I went in with like flipping out, like, I hope I can get a few games here. Then when I played, I was like, oh, surprised. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But there was, there was good, there was Steve Staunton in that team, who was class. He took me through Pike Guinness. For the first time ever, I was 19 or 20, hated it. Just you and him? Me, him and Michael Doyle, another Irish lad. And I came, I became friends with Doyle, but Steve Staunton was kind of, uh, you know, looked after him as well. But Steve Staunton was, was a good guy. He, he was horrible though, Doyle. To play as, as an opponent? Yeah, horrible. Michael Doyle was one of the most intense, horrible, nasty players that you've ever seen. He would stem, he would, he would tackle his grandma, wouldn't he? Talk, yeah, yeah. talk about... Dark arts. Yeah. He had the full shebang. The you know, if you if you tackled him and you went down, he'd offer to help you up, but nip you under your armpit, trying to get a bite off you. But he, is, he got he got in uh I'm sure I'm allowed to say this now, but he got into trouble because obviously he wound players up and he was a good guy, really good guy. What he was my best friend at the club for that year. And uh I understood him. I used to like understand his anger which he had a lot of, but he, he got a whack. I was, I was training one day and everyone asked him, what's the biggest fight you've seen or incidents like that? You have scruffs, but like, not like manly fights. It's pretty handbaggish. Yeah. Like, Everybody pulled off. Yeah. yeah. But on this particular time, I think it was my second loan there, which was a year later, but he, Robert Page and him had a bit of a thing. They're out on the training ground. Can't remember how it started. It was like a bit, you know, doily winding him up, kicking him like, or saying something, that's the way he played, and Pagey absolutely whacked him. Square in the mouth. Um, he's, he was all over the place. He couldn't even really get up and fight. Everyone had kind of pulled Pagey off, but it was an absolute man-whack. You know, like, Pagey's <laughs> <laughs> got, like, man wrists. Which big old unit as well, weren't he? Yeah, like, solid, but yeah. he had man strength. Like, you know, someone like Alan Shearer, hairy arms. and Like a hog, <laughs> a hog carrier. Yeah, that's it. Like yeah. a hard bricklayer. So like, was he, it in training and say a bad tackle and he's laid him out as a reaction? I, yeah, it was kind of a mouthy thing. It was I think training has just finished and it was a build-up and then all of a sudden he was like, you do that again or you say that again and then bam, they hit him and Doyley's mouth was like all over the place. Everything was going on and Doyley was completely concussed. Pagey had a ripped arm from his teeth all in, in up his arm. So he was in one physio room. In his arm? Yeah. Up his arm? Yeah, he's probably got a bad scar from it now. I've not seen Page in years, but he had a big scar up here. Physios and that. Well, he was all right. He was calmed down, blah, blah, blah. Doyley was completely concussed, talking crap about whatever. You know, com- like, lost it. But then Doyley's teeth weren't there. So... <laughs> Mickey Adams. He got Pagey's number at me. He couldn't knock mine out for me. That can start again. <laughs> I just remember Mickey Adams calling the youth team in as forensics, and they're on the hands and knees <laughs> on the training pitch in lines, like in exact lines, and they had to stay out there until they found all his teeth. <laughs> Jesus. So it was a. In mess. Asmats. It was a that word of man whack. 
yeah, it was a mess. And Doyle got, uh, got these beautiful new veneers after that. Who but, you know, some of his teeth, I think, got lost, but there was loads of them. The youth team on the hands and knees picking them up. The two, the two teeth that were missing were just on a necklace around his neck. Crocodile Dundee, yes. What were they like after? Did they make up and that? Are... Uh, yeah, I think so. I think they made up, but, you know, Doyle weren't everybody's best mate, but I was like, Jesus, welcome to yeah. real football. It, it's mad though, because a fight normally brings people together after. Yeah. No, I think people it did. I, thought, I don't think there was any bad blood, but, you know, people ask me what the worst fight is. I always think of that one because it was so brutal. Even Paige's arm was like a mess. I'm trying to work out the technique, how you can know, rip I'm, your I'm thinking your that full fists gone in from out. Yeah. For, for <laughs> <laughs> like down the back of his throat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it was madness. But no, it was a great year. Good, good year. We we actually it was the last game at Highfield Road. It was the last season at Highfield Road. You know that's how I got. I get lucky sometimes, and I've always said I'm really lucky in football. But like that year was the last year in a, in a football stadium. I don't know if any of you guys have done, ever done that, but the pressure is on when you're playing in the last year of a stadium that's been there for a hundred years. You know the last game was against Derby. Luckily we've we'd already like secured championship status, but the last game at Highfield Road against Derby. Full house, obviously, it's going to be torn down a few days after, and we we managed to we were falling up at half time against Derby. But it's brilliant, brilliant experience. We haven't we haven't actually got that good fact. We've only got how many goals you conceded in, in the amount of time you were there. So it's pretty basic research. Yeah. We're not bothered about that the monumental thing of playing the last game at Highfield Road. We've yeah. got well, I, I knew we'd bring up that, so I was trying to divert everyone. <laughs> how many goals they let up anyway? So and I'm not even lying. It, it's Coventry City season loan conceded 30 goals in 18 appearances in three months in capital letters. So I don't. I think he means that that's a lot in the shorts. Uh, space of time. One point to make a game, but what? Agreed to extend loan until the end of the season. Finish the season with 62 goals conceded in 36 matches, but move on to West Brom. So that was it. Solid effort, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, harsh. You'd and have been all right for the coupon, wouldn't you? Have a, have a 2.5 goal, but still is at Coventry. I yeah. never once said I played well. <laughs> that, that loan, I just said it was a good experience. Yeah, they enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Had some good players, but. Uh, Tim Tim Sherwood was still there, Premier League winner, 92, 93 or 94. But he like that's what I mean. They, these players were at the end of their career. I was at the beginning, trying to learn learn off them. But what was he like, Sherwood? Sherwood, yeah, good guy, really good guy. Exactly how you see him on telly, I find when I see him like talking when he was manager. Twat, top I always think he's a bit of a dick. Yeah, to be yeah, honest, I like that kind of. <laughs> I like that sort of person. I always have. That's why we've been such good friends. Yeah. <laughs> Teed myself up for that one, yeah. yeah. So you returned to United after the lawn spell in it. I, re- yeah. I returned about four inches taller with confidence. And that was it. I trained at the end of the season because I think they were in the FA Cup or something. And I remember thinking, right, here we go. Like, I'm a different man. Yeah. Do you think I, you was ready to, to push? Well, yeah, I was ready to push and see wherever I was going to get to, I was going to get to, you know, whether it was going to be to get a game or get in the team and things like that. But I was ready. And then they, they said to me, that I think in the summer, you're going to be number three because I think a few goalkeepers departed. So it was then Edwin van der Sar, Tim Howard and then me. And I, I went on the pre-season tour straight away you know including the first team and then all of a sudden I felt like a first team player I was like you know my squad number was 
double figures rather than triple. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I felt like a first team player. I was calling. You didn't go for number 62, did you? For the amount of goals you conceded in Coventry. <laughs> Put me a 62, Sir Alex. <laughs> yeah. Where did you go on the tour? I think we went to South Africa that year. Absolutely. Good trip. Mind blowing, yeah. Mind blowing trip. For, for Again, for. I got off the plane, right, in South Africa, Johannesburg, and it was packed, like packed with fans, thousands of fans. You'd do a day's morning training, then you'd go and do charity work. So you'd go and visit a school, you'd go and visit a, you know, a place for this problem, that problem. And so I was like, you know, going to, going to the, okay, you're in Group C, you're with the Gaffer, Giggs, Solskjaer, just one project that I remember. And we were going to help these kids who have been abused or, um, you know, they've had bereavements, lost all their families and, and things like that. And I was doing all these things that were just like, you know, once in a lifetime opportunities with yeah. the people who I looked up to most in the whole world. You know, these, these things like speaking to kids and they're, you know, they're loving anything. You're giving them a sock or a bandage, anything they wanted. Any, but in South Africa, I could see that how it all worked. I could see the whole club, the image that they were trying yeah. to do, the good work that they were trying to do, the class of the players, the players, the best players that I've seen, they just ooze class. They give a lot of attention. They speak properly to journalists, but they also do, the, when they're speaking to a kid who's seven, who's been abused or something like that, this is just a personal experience. I remember seeing that, you know, they gave the attention, they gave the themselves to that, that yeah. person. And it was just gripping the whole time. And so it wasn't just like our train, sleep and rest like it is a lot of the tours it was like doing all these amazing things i was going to say what a contrast to normal get guests on guests on talking about pre-season tours or like who sneaked out yeah. just get any nights out yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean how many, rebels, like, how many lots of gear did you take yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but we had, so we had a bit of a night out that one that was that was an interesting one because i remember skulls i kind of played a bit of roulette but we went to this casino and uh i remember paul skulls Neville gigs and that everybody was like you know he had a few quid and people like people getting a bit carried away gambling I remember they were on a table so I was watching them for a little bit and they were gambling like 10p chips and like they were like at the end of it they were like $15 or, or 15 whatever the currency is but they weren't gambling big money and they were like well you know what's the point what's another 5, 10 grand or 5, 10 grand <laughs> like, just don't do it like there wasn't they weren't like dickheads like just trying to win like a load of money and like killer yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and then thing, and, and they had a drink you know they had a drink that's what it was classified they uh, had a drink they weren't just robots they weren't like I know I'm saying about them being so intense but when we had a drink when we had a Christmas do we had a Christmas do but it wasn't like all these flash places never got on a plane never got on um, never like spent loads of money in fact Gary Neville picked the whole tab up the first year I was there I remember hearing it was 27 grand but like you know, we stayed in Manchester. We went to a normal pub. There was a guy with a guitar, and we had ka not karaoke, but you could sing. And we were just getting smashed. Uh, the private party. Yeah, private party. Yeah. But they let the locals in. Yeah. So this was the era when they knew the locals. It was like the Queen's Head or something in Manchester. But they let the locals in. They'd have security on the door, but they wouldn't make a big thing of it. And it was classy. You got like Gary Neville would play a bit on the guitar. Smith, Alan Smith would sing. Um, you know, anyone who could sing could sing, but we'd all, all join in. And it was totally Quality. different to all the so other a Christmas like days. A, a bit like a, a, a lower league Christmas deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it was all we needed. Yeah. That, that night after the pub, we went to another place and went to the top of living room where we had a private party. So we'd like to have a two days at it, would you, Sir Alex? No, it was a one night thing. Oh. All in one night. 
And <laughs> there was characters flying up all over the place, like Corrie people and EastEnders. Like just, but like, you know, there was no photographs and things like that. It was all taken out of it. But again, like, if you're talking about scraps, I remember, is it Dev off the, uh, Coronation Street? Yeah, him <laughs> and Roy Carroll going at it. Enough pay for his papers, lad. Which is the, t- the two most random characters. I was like steaming, like, you know, trying to like get the girls and things like that. And I'm just looking and thinking, oh, Roy Carroll's having a fight with Dev. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, just, you, you blink and you miss something. But I wonder what went on. I wonder why oh, they've come why? to exchanging blows. Probably the way he treated Deirdre, wasn't it? He probably yeah. weren't happy about it. Yeah, out of order. David Deirdre? I think they had a bit of a thing, didn't they, well, at one point? I don't affair. She's a mucky cow, that Deirdre. She's a mucky cow. She's not even gone off street. Eh? She's only gone six to us, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> didn't you meet Nelson Mandela in South Africa, yet? Yes, I did. I did, actually. Um, another mm. real surreal moment of... You know, today we're training and then we're going to go and meet, we're going to go and see Nelson Mandela at his house. And I knew a little bit about history and, you know, everyone knew the name Nelson Mandela. And it, and it was like a private viewing. But Lillian Tram was there randomly, you know, the, the French, French guy. Kid. Yeah, because obviously it was like an invite only thing. There was real famous, like some prince of like... Iran was there as well that day. Was Dev there? I won't bother. <laughs> Dev was having a fight with Nelson. <laughs> Dev has got a band. He's in the corner. He's in the corner trying to win fucking Winnie. <laughs> <laughs> Sleazy bastard, Dev. He's fucked the edge off. Dev had been banned. Nelson never liked him. And, and then, like, you know, I'm in the audience, or not in the audience, in this one room, and then uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, the gaffer, comes to the front and starts speaking says look you know in about 10 minutes time you're going to meet someone and he started telling us the history of it he says a lot of you won't you won't realize what you're doing today until many years to come which was probably me as well to an extent but there's some real dense players and Nelson he thought it was Pele <laughs> But, you know, it's only weird. <laughs> he, he, he introduced him. I tell you what, I've never heard Alex Ferguson be nervous or talk differently, but he spoke very differently, very humble that day. And he kind of introduced, not introduced him, but like built it up and said, look, this is a guy and, you know, you won't realise till many years after. And then we waited, waited, waited for about 40 minutes. And then all of a sudden, like, he just peered around the corner this, with his helper, and he was walking really slow. It was his 88th birthday, I think it was, because we got <coughs> a man new 88 on the back, which is a bit cheap and nasty. But <laughs> Come on, Nelson, you're better <laughs> than that. We, um, yeah, so then he started talking, and he apologised for being late, and, you know, for the next 10, well, I can't remember how long it was, 10, 15 minutes he spoke to us, and he was so proud to, to meet us. And The thing is, when this is all going on, I'm technically thinking... If there's a photograph, I want to be next to Nelson, just in the in the central because they're going to get people on the end aren't going to get a look in, yeah, are they? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to place myself in a good spot. Yeah, that's me personally. Anyway, that sums me up because I'm actually on the end <laughs> <laughs> because my mum and dad have got that picture just next to my brother's graduation picture <laughs> at home, and I'm on the end. But I'm more close to Giggsy, so I'm like happy because Giggsy's my hero. So Giggsy and Solskjaer, but then Nelson's in the middle. Phil Bardsley, 
is like hugging him like that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like a proper selfie like like that. I'm on the chair, Danny Simpson, people like that. But I'm just modestly on the, I think I'm on the floor actually. But yeah. You See, know. I'm, I'm moving people out of the way and just getting... Sir Alex, <laughs> come on, come on, Biggin, you've met him before. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know when you, obviously these tours that they go on, pre-season tours are like three weeks, aren't they? Yeah, long time. See, see, pre-season trips, all I used to do was eat. Do you know, on the buffets and that. Mm. So if I'm going away for three weeks on a Man United, I'm putting a stone on. Do you know what I mean? It could be tough for me, that. Because <laughs> yeah. all they do is eat, innit? You know, when you go to a buffet, all you do is just load it on and load it on. In 45 seconds, we've gone from talking about Nelson Mandela to your <laughs> dietary requirements. <laughs> I was thinking about it earlier before Nelson came up and Dev. John, you don't have to do that, you know. That. I know, but you can't help it, can you? You're always hungry. I'm always, you're always hungry and you eat because you're bored. Well, you've obviously worked hard. You deserve that. <laughs> you deserve that, Did they help, it, they help each other, that goalkeeper's union? Um, do you know what? Like I said before, Bartes wasn't that helpful. He was very honest. He got translated to tell me one time, or me and Richard Hart, the now current Man U goalie coach, he said when he was asked about helping the young goalies, he was more saying that, why would I want to help them because they're trying to get my shirt, they're trying to get my position. And I totally get that, but, you know, when you're young, you take that quite personal. I'm not saying I didn't like Bartes, but he was tough to get mm. on with and, you know, he didn't speak great English. You, he didn't. you think he'd have more confidence in himself? Yeah, that's what I mean. But he was very much, he was into smoking naked around the, <laughs> around the side. But then, then again, Van der Sar, who was the best I've ever seen, the best keeper, Bar none, he was class. He was class with me. Sp like spoke really well. Tim Howard was good as well. Um, he was a bit younger, and he he was pissed off though. He was pissed off that year because obviously he'd gone from being number one, got the pre best Premier League goalie, and then I think the year and a half after Van Sar came in and you know really took over. So he yeah. was pissed off because he didn't want to be there as a number two, which yeah. is why he went to Everton. But you where know, did they, Tim Howard come from? Tim Howard came straight from America. Did he? Yeah. More importantly, is, there, is it a myth that he had Tourette's? Because I've never... It was, a, it was well broadcasted that he had Tourette's, but I've never seen... You know what? You have seen him have Tourette's because every time he coughed, that was him hiding his tics. They call them tics. But that was his thing. And I went thinking, oh no, I, what if I start laughing when he got Tourette's? But then he hid it. So he'd go, <clears throat> and he'd get rid of the whatever he was saying. But one day... He was too late coughing <laughs> because I remember, you know, I was fascinated. I watched that program on Tourette's that you're on about. So, you know, I remember that going around the schools and people being interested because I'd never seen anything like that. But I remember Tim Howard hiding it for ages. And then one day being with Van Nassar, <laughs> Tim Howard and Tony Coat and the goalie coach, I just remember doing something and Tim was a bit like pissed off or whatever. And Tony was like saying, oh, you know, you've got to do this or sh sh something with his hands or something like that. And out of nowhere, t Tony turned his back to like set up the cones or whatever. And, and Tim Howard just shouted, fuck off, Tony. <laughs> and, then, and then Tony turned around and everyone turned around and I turned around and I was like, I was so happy it's happened. Like I was like, what's going to happen? And Tony, to be fair, he obviously quickly realised what had happened because then his hand went <clears throat> and he, you know, kind of goes to the side. But then Tony didn't make a big deal up. But I'd have to, I'd love to ask Tony if he remembers that because that's exactly how I remembered it. But 
I haven't told that story probably ever, but... Were you disappointed when there were talk of maybe you moving on? They miss Ronaldo yet, yeah, right here, mate. I'll sum it up, Ronaldo, <laughs> if you want. Um, hair gel. Practice like mad. As everyone knows. Set off loads of car alarms. Practicing free kicks against me. <laughs> Louis Saha taught him the free kick. I know that. Um, yeah, yeah. And I was always the goalie for like practice, which was class, because I'd stay out as long as they wanted, but... Um, and also, I nicked a bird off him. Oh, oh now nah then. Yeah. Now nah we're talking. Which I didn't even remember. Fuck the three kick off. We're not bothered about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was on that Christmas do, actually. Upstairs in the living room in Manchester, yeah. He was he was ugly back then, though. Yeah, he, he oh, was. Oh, that is bad. But he just, he, you know, he's playing in the first team. and So give me some credit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd won the youth cup, but he'd been bought for 13 million. So... It was head-to-head as well. Luckily, the girl didn't know too much about football, so... How do you think she looks back now? I don't know. Well, she probably... She probably feels like she's missed out, but... <laughs> she probably twists the story and says that she got with him, blah, 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 but... So I'm telling it, you, as a fact. That's like winning the lottery, like, and losing the ticket, in it? Yeah. In hindsight. No, no offence. Yeah. So you bought, you, did you both put a bid in with her and she's, she's picked the, the prime cut, the butcher's choice? Um, yes and no because to be honest I remember her going between the two during the night and she specifically asked me oh, who's that Cristiano blah 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 and I just said oh he's one of the resi players <laughs> <laughs> but I remember after getting with her I actually went out of her for a few months like properly after that but that night blah 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 and then uh I remember her then really emphasising on the fact that he wasn't a reserve player and he was, you know, the main man. But then it was time to go. It's too late, Cristiano, mate. <laughs> you know, I need to bird up Cristiano. <laughs> it's a good claim to fame, though. It, it is yeah. now. Proudest moment in your career. <laughs> it's up there, yeah. <laughs> Ferguson didn't tell me exactly what, apart from winning the youth cup, but you know, in that four years, that was that was in the top five, yeah. It gets better as, as as he gets a better player and wins more world player of the years that story gets better in my head because I feel like I've achieved more yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean so I feel like I'm a better, better person now I can't believe that you told us about Nelson Mandela before that bit that's know, that's really got to be more I forgot I didn't, do any, I didn't do any prep work for this or research so or... how good was Rooney when he came in oh Wayne Rooney um, yeah he was mental he was like he played. I played with him at under 19s for England. I don't know if Chris was there, but he was. He was. He just come off the back of that Arsenal goal, and then after that, he um, he he joined. I think a year after me, but he was class. He was just. You know, when I spoke about my confidence not being there, I wasn't like, oh, I don't care who he is. He is. He is. He was total total opposite, and he was a couple of years younger than me. Um, he was slide tackling his first day. He was just like getting involved and taking the piss. He was already there, and like I was jealous of that because. You know, I wish I had that sort of cheekiness about me, but I didn't. And, you know, he, you know, even like setting the like smoke bomb off on the, you know, um, paintballing trip and things like that back at the, back at the training ground. He was just Jack the Lad. And what, what happened with the smoke bomb? Just, just a quick one. Just the old, been, we've been um, paintballing the first team. Obviously, they included me in that. So it was, I think it was the day of the Christmas do. So we went paintballing and then went out. And some of the, you know, the smoke bombs that you chalk together, they'd hide, they'd got everything. So this is the thing at United. When you go in somewhere, 
no expense spared. Like, yeah. So you don't even ask, you don't have to take any money. Mm. That was all paid for. And it wasn't like, we'll have this package. We'll have it till it runs out. And that was cool. And that's yeah. a massive come down when you leave. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, a few of the lads are taking them back to the Carrington where we we're all getting changed. And all the next thing you know, the whole place is yellow with smoke. And obviously Rooney's like let a few off everywhere, and you know the fire alarm's going off. So, you know that was that was standard. But he Did you um, come to the manga when we were in that? yeah, and that yeah. Was, this is my first memory of him. I remember we were going up an escalator, and I was next to him. Schumacher, yeah. Stephen Schumacher. He's just nudged us, and he's like pointed to Rooney's. Uh, no, he had a tracksuit on. It was just pitted with dandruff. Like fucking scruff. Both scousers. He's a fucking scruff. So I hope he's improved his uh, hair care. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what, what he's on that, has he? I, I just had to say it. He's got a new head hair, so... Yeah. Different breed, just I class. Can, I don't think you can get that dandruff with a weave, can you? Can you still get it? I don't know. He's probably got the weave dandruff. The horses <laughs> suffer from dandruff? I don't know. If there's one man that could get dandruff from a weave, it's Wayne. Yeah. Horses? Is what else there in? I think he's got real stuff, hasn't he? What is it? Short back and sea biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.